The Apostle Paul has been telling uh, Pastor Titus what to teach the newly established churches in Crete. So far, Paul has covered a large amount of doctrine on many different subjects concerning, uh, concerning practical Christian living and order both in and outside the church house. And today, Paul is going to speak to us about the Christian's role in society. The Bible's clear that our true citizenship as Christians, we've already went over this, it belongs in heaven, right? The kingdom of God's within us. We're citizens of the heavenly kingdom. But the Bible's also clear that God expects us to live and to serve him in this wicked world that we're living in right now. So there's a, there's a balance, you know, as long as we're living in these fleshly bodies, we have to serve the Lord wherever we are. So the question is, how do we balance our earthly citizenship, I'm sorry, our heavenly citizenship with our earthly obligations? Think about it like that. Or our earthly citizenship, because I'm still a citizen of Texas. I'm still a citizen of the United States, even though those citizenships are fleeting, right? They're very temporary. Should Christians deny responsibility to earthly authority? Should the Christian say, well, I'm a child of the King Jesus. I, I, I'm a citizen of heaven. I don't have to listen to any man or obey any man-made rules. No, that's not what a Christian should do. What does the Bible say about our temporary residence here on earth in light of our eternal citizenship in God's kingdom? That's what Paul is going to be teaching us about this morning. Let's look here now in verse 1. Paul tells Titus, put them in mind to be subject. Put them in mind to be subject. And the key word here in this verse is subject. If you're taking notes, you might want to write down the word subject. In that prefix, sub, S-U-B. And no, that's not talking about a Subway sandwich, all right? But S-U-B, that word sub, it means to be under, like a submarine, right? It means to be under, as a submarine is underwater. Paul said, Titus, let the Christians know that they need to have a heart of submission. They need to subject, subject themselves. They need to place themselves under something that I have put over them. That's the heart that we should have as children of God. We need to have a heart that puts ourselves under what God has put over us. By God's design, the human race was created to be subject to authority from the very beginning because God is above all. All of God's creatures must be subject. They must be under the authority of our creator. God made man to be both over and under, all right? We were made to be under God's authority, to be under the angels, right? But then we were made to be over the animals that are here on earth. Woman was made to be under man, but she was also made to be over the animals as well. Let them have dominion, God said. But Adam and Eve were not content being under God's authority. They wanted to be like God, and that wasn't that the temptation. Ye shall be as gods. They wanted to be like God. But in order to defy God's authority, Eve subjected herself to the authority of one of the animals. Think about it. She thought, you know what? I'm not going to be under his authority. 
subjecting and in placing herself under someone who was above all, she placed herself under someone who was under her. That's how messed up the devil gets things when it comes to authority. Thinking you're going to be liberated, you're actually more in bondage than you ever were before. That's the devil. That's the deception. And Adam, who thought he was going to be liberated from God's authority, he put himself under the woman who God had put over the woman. It just so messed up. And the point is, it is impossible to avoid subjection. Uh, when you are not in subjection to God, you're going to be in subjection to something else, period. To the devil, to, to whoever, you're going to be in subjection to something. You may think you're acting independent and aren't subject to anybody, but you are. When you sin against God, you are subjecting yourself to the fallen world order of the devil. You're subjecting yourself to the same old serpent that Eve subjected herself to. When the devil tells you to stop following the Bible and be your own man, he's really telling you to start following him instead. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, Paul asked this question. He asked the Christians, he said, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Notice you have a choice. You're either going to subject yourself to sin, which leads to death, or you're going to subject yourself to righteousness, uh, which leads to life. Uh, and, and so, or obedience, which is under righteousness. And so it's not that you can choose whether or not you're going to be subject. You just have to choose who you're going to be subject to what you're going to be subject to. Sin originated with Satan. And then that sin was accepted by man. Since the very beginning, man has only had uh, two choices. Man has had the choice to either obey the sinful precepts of the devil or to subject himself to the righteous precepts of God. So at any given moment, you're subject to something. You're subject to something. It's just a matter of what you're subjecting yourself to. And naturally, as Christians, we must subject ourselves to God's righteous authority. But it's important for us to understand that until Jesus comes back, God's governing authority is committed to the hands of fellow men. Look back in your text. Paul said we must be subject to principalities and powers. Do you see that? To principalities and powers. Meaning the principalities and powers that are in place on earth today. Principalities are the people who occupy positions of earthly authority, such as governors, presidents, judges, mayors, sheriffs, and so on. Powers refers to the governing authority that they rule under. So the principality would be like, uh, you know, our governor uh, in Texas. And uh, so Greg Abbott would be a principality. The power would be the state of Texas. That makes sense? Okay. And so uh, that's how that goes. And in Romans 13, if you'll look with me in Romans 13, if you, if you uh, can 
keep your place in the scripture and return to Romans 13. We'll read a little passage there. And for those of y'all who are watching us probably on the, the screen there back at home, you may have the luxury of having that pulled up on the screen for you. But in Romans 13, verse 1 and 2, we're going to look at something that the Apostle Paul said. We're talking about principalities and powers and the, the, the powers being those uh, governmental uh, venues, those governmental uh, authorities that God has set up. In Romans 13, 1 and 2, Paul said, let every soul be subject. There's our word again, subject, to put yourself under. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be, that is the powers that are ordained on earth, the state of Texas, the state of Illinois, the state of Indiana, uh, the local uh, cities, the, those, those particular powers, the federal government, the powers that be, Paul said, are ordained of God. In other words, he established those powers. He put them together. He put those governments together. He said, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, or, or, or as Brother Shepherd said, you know, that, uh, that, that, that revolt, that breaking away in Sunday school this morning, whoever resists the power resists the ordinance of God. They resist the order that God established, the laws that God established. And it says, and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. In other words, you go out here and, and uh, you get drunk and you smash into a car on the way back. Let's say Brother James Johnson, instead of going to IHOP like he likes to go to, he goes down to the local bar and he gets in his big staples truck and crashes into somebody. And we know that's not going to happen, but if it did, he would be, by resisting the earthly powers that, that, that forbid that type of behavior, he would be resisting God's power and he would receive to himself damnation. And in other words, he'd go to jail. He'd be convicted and receive that, uh, that just damnation for that crime. So the powers that be and the principalities that rule within those powers, they're ordained of God. If you resist or if you rebel against the government God set up, then you are resisting the order God's established and you're guilty of sinning against him. And you might say, now, Brother Richard, do you mean that God even established the evil dictators like Joseph Stalin, like Joe Biden? Like, I'm serious now. That's what I believe. All right. They'll be investigating me next, I guess. They'll be watching me on CNN. There'll be a helicopter, you know, over my house. But, but you know, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, all those. Do you really believe that God established even those evil dictators and the wicked politicians. Yes, he did. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, now understand this. This is the difference here. God didn't ordain wicked men to rule in this world. He ordained men in this wicked world to rule. Does that make sense? <laughs> Let me say it again. God didn't ordain wicked men to rule in this world. But he did ordain this wicked world to be ruled by men. Okay? Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says this. 
this this is when God's about to make man. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image. That's the Trinity talking among themselves. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Here it is now. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and of the, over the cattle and over all the earth, he went on to say. And so the men, the mankind, the human race was to be over. And then everything else in the world was to subject themselves under as the human race then subjected themselves to the powers that be over them, the angels and, and uh, God. So from the very beginning, God ordained that man would rule the earth under the authority of God. That there would be earthly principalities ruling under heavenly authority. That's how it was originally set up. And just because man rebelled doesn't change what God has ordained. Let me say that again. Just because man rebelled, in, in, the, in the beginning it was supposed to be perfect. Holy men and women ruling over the, the, all the earth and all the creation. And I'm sure there was a great, and I know Gail, they, they, they didn't leave their animals last night. Listen, if, if, if a woman and a snake can talk in the garden, I mean, my wife, if she sees one of those big old Texas roaches, she goes crazy. Back then, a woman and a snake could carry on a the conversation. There was no problem, right? I don't, I don't even carry on conversation. My, my, my conversation with a snake is at the end of a hoe, Okay. So, but it was supposed to be perfect, and uh, and and so all of this authority, them under us, us under the angels, the angels under God, us all ruling in the in the in the sovereignty of Almighty God here on earth. Oh, it was so wonderful! So just because man revolted, just because he rebelled, does not mean that God says, "Well, man's a rebe- rebel now." So. We have to forget that idea. God doesn't forget his ideas. He corrects the wrong and he carries out his ideas in the end. Remember the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, the Bible says. So God doesn't scrap his ideas. His ideas are good, even though we try to go against them. God ordained that uh, man uh, would rule the earth. He said, let them have dominion, and God will do what he said. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 says this. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Oh, man, you know what that means? That means even though we've got Saddam Hussein's ruling now, even though we've got Joe Biden's in, in, in the office, and even though we have Nancy Pelosi's and all in China and Russia and all these crazy people, he asked this question, shall he not make it good? See, in the very beginning, what did God do? Everything God made, he saw it that it was what? It was good. Right now, it's not good. It's God's plan that man has revolted from. So it's like the, the it's it's like a vase that fell, a beautiful vase that fell and crashed on the floor. God's not going to say, "Well, we'll sweep up the pieces and toss them in the trash." No, 
Has he not said? And will he not make it good? That vase is going to come back. It's going to be put back together better than you. In fact, it's going to be made new. God's going to make it good in the end. Do you know what's going to happen? Man is going to rule on earth again under the authority of God. All the animals are going to be under him. Everything's going to be just the way God designed it to be. The only difference is, as God said it was good in the beginning, it's going to be even better in the end. That's what's going to happen. Yes, praise God, Brother Pete said. Amen. Man, as evil as he is, will continue to rule on earth. It is our God-given duty to subject ourselves to the principalities and powers that God has set up. Until the time that what they command us to do contradicts what God commands us to do. Okay? So if, if, if they tell me, well, uh, like, like uh, if, if uh, you know, I'm a pharmacist or something, and they say, well, you're going to have to prescribe, the, or you're going to have to give the uh, uh, abortion pill or something, then all those pharmacists have already said, we're not doing it. And the Supreme Court's been holding them up so far, and we're grateful for that. Or if they tell me as a pastor, well, uh, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to perform a same-sex marriage. Not happening. Put me in prison. Chop my head off. Whatever you want to do. By God's grace, I pray not happening. Okay. So God doesn't abandon His plans. This is the important thing to learn today. God doesn't abandon His plans. He redeems them. He redeems them. Well, God could have taken us and just said, "Oh, uh, look there." As they said, let us make man in our image. They all could have said, let us destroy man who's no longer in our image. But God doesn't destroy his plans. He doesn't abandon his plans. By the grace of Jesus Christ, he redeems his plans. Y'all have heard of the millennial reign. How many of y'all heard of the, the millennial reign before? Perhaps some don't know what that is. Does anyone not know what the millennial reign is? Don't be embarrassed. Raise your hand if you don't know what the millennial reign is. All right. Maybe some watching here today. My, my mother is uh, on a tour bus right now, and they're supposed to be having us live on the big screen, the tour bus, watching church this morning as well. So we're not just in Texas and in uh, Indiana, but we're somewhere up traveling the great highways too right now. So we're glad to be in y'all's bus with you this morning. But the millennial reign, the redemption of God's plan for man to righteously rule on earth under the authority of heaven above him, will be completely redeemed through the gospel message. Salvation is not just about getting sin away from us and having us not go to hell. It's about redeeming God's entire plan for the human race, God's entire plan that he had in the beginning. When Jesus comes back, he's not going to take us all to heaven to live with him forever. I think that's probably the biggest misconception that people have. That's not what he's coming back for. Heaven is not our home. Earth is. When Jesus comes back, he as a man will assume. You understand, that's the brilliance of the gospel. Jesus is God the Son. In the Bible, when you, when you read the, the, uh, the gospels, you'll see Jesus sometimes, he'll call himself the Son of God. That holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God, the announcement said from the angel. But then sometimes you'll hear Jesus call himself what? The Son of Man. Why? 
to redeem God's plan for man. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back as a man. The man Christ Jesus, he's doing that and he's going to assume the dominion that God gave Adam. You getting that? Jesus is the last Adam. When Jesus comes back, he's going to come back and take that original minion. Let them have dominion. Jesus is going to come back and say, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm going to come back and take over. He's going to assume the dominion that God gave Adam in the very beginning, and he will rule on earth as God ordained. It will be right. It will be the animals under men, man under God, and it's going to be absolutely wonderful. And by doing so, Jesus will fulfill God's divine plan for mankind, something we should have done for ourselves, but we failed to do so. Ruling in the love and righteousness of God, man will finally be able to experience living on earth in the way God intended. We won't have to imagine what Eden was like. You know, here's the, here's the thing about Eden, the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, man experienced innocence. He never experienced righteousness. No. He was innocent. He was given a choice. He chose to disobey. So in the Garden of Eden, man experienced innocence. He experienced unrighteousness. He experienced being departed from the tree of life. But when Jesus comes back, we're going to experience something on earth that Adam and Eve never got to experience. Righteousness. So until that time comes, brethren, we must be mindful to subject ourselves to the ordained powers that be, as broken as they are, because that's the system God's ordained. And we do so in faith, knowing that one day the system is going to be redeemed by Jesus Christ. Paul went on to say, look back in your text, to obey magistrates. And a magistrate uh, in our common English language today would be a person, you know. But but the but the meaning is here in the Hebrew. Uh, I'm sorry, the Greek is to uh, obey the statutes, the, the 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 established statutes that these principalities and powers put in place. In other words, pay your taxes, put on your seatbelt. Uh, in Texas, boy, we came up here. It was so much cooler and greener. I hadn't seen green in a long time. We're having a drought there, and it's bad, and we, we have fires everywhere, and uh, we have burn bans. Have any of y'all ever been under a burn ban? Once or twice? Uh, boy, you burned up some corn. That's a lot. of. I mean, that, that hurts people's uh, finances and all. But obey the burn bans, you know, if, if you have them. Uh, and uh, whatever laws are in place, Obey them unless they contradict God's word. For example, if the law tells me as a pastor uh, that uh, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm supposed to do something again like the homosexual marriage or or, or something else, then uh, uh, it, it contradicts God's word. Can't do it. Otherwise, obey the laws as imperfect as they are, and tell them, Paul said, look back at your text, to be ready to every good work, to be ready to every good work. Every good deed that benefits society, every good thing that promotes the health and welfare of the community and, and the power that God has ordained over it, be ready to do that. Do you see what Paul is saying here? He's saying, hey, 
We're waiting on Jesus to come. We're waiting on me to, to redeem what I established for God and man and, 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 and my purpose here on earth. But in the meantime, while you're here on earth, be patriotic. He's saying, be a good citizen. He's saying, hey, look, yeah, you're on a sinking ship, right? I mean, the, the world that is right now, the, the Bible says, love not the world, neither things that are in the world, right? The, the world that is right now that's broken, the, when Jesus comes back, there's going to be a new heaven, new earth. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to take the earth and throw it away and make a whole new ball. Think of me and you. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature. So it's a new creation, but it's the same person. So God's going to make the earth new, but it'll be the same earth. He'll make the heavens new, but it'll be the same heavens. Remember, he doesn't abandon his plans. He redeems them. All right? And so uh, he's saying here, in, in the meantime, yes, this world system that the devil started, that the devil is ruling here like a little puppet, the same world system that the devil offered Jesus when he took him up to the mountain, showed him all the kings of the world. He says, here, you can rule over these. He was offering him the broken world system that he started through the revolt in the Garden of Eden. And so that old world system, it's a sinking ship. We're on it right now. The ship is going down slowly, and praise God, the lifeboat, the gospel is on its way, and it's going to redeem God's plan. But what he's saying here is, uh, uh, you know, don't let the ship that you're on sink just because you're waiting for the lifeboat to come. Does that make sense? Keep this, keep the cities, keep the states, keep the counties, run for politics if you want to. Be a good representative as a Christian. Man, we need good Christian politicians. But he's saying, just because you're on a sinking ship, don't go poke another hole in it. <laughs> don't don't, you know, keep painting it, keep it up, keep keep maintaining it, even though the lifeboat is coming on its way. Yes, the system is broken by sin, but it is still God's system. Honor it where you are, while you can, until Jesus comes back to redeem it. Back to the glory of God. Back to the way God established it. Until the pieces of that broken vessel are made new again. When Jesus comes for his own to make it right. For that, we'll go ahead and close in prayer. And then I'll take the uh, camera off and... Show the people back home, the people here. And Michelle uh, said, you know what? We need to call these services family reunions. And I think that's wonderful. That's why we had a little group here, a, a chat group called Reunion Service. And, and uh, so, uh, uh, but this is a family reunion. And uh, I tell you what, I'd rather come to a family reunion than a Gaither homecoming any day, you know? So God willing, uh, I told Tammy, we need to at least do this uh, every summer. And uh, what I'd like to do is, uh, and, and I'll share this with you all here, what I'd like to do at least every summer, if not twice a year for Internet folks, it'd be great to do it twice a year for them and let them be able to see us uh, and, and have communion and just, just, just be able to see each other in person. So twice a year would be great, but definitely during the summer. And, uh, and then if anyone back home in Texas or any other internet members that don't happen to be in this location. So we do have some in other places. Uh, if they'd like to uh, drive up 
or fly out or whatever and say, hey, I'd like to take a little vacation. I'd like to be able to see our Internet people in person and have church with them. Come on a vacation with us. Have a good Christian vacation. And, and uh, I've, been, it's been, I've been working, but uh, it could be a vacation for you. And uh, you could come up here and, uh, and get to see the folks here. And I think that'd be wonderful. So let's close in prayer. Then we'll get the camera and let you all say hi to the folks at home. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful communion service we had this morning, for being able to watch Brother Shepherd on the big screen this morning and just be enriched by your word. It was so precious. To be able to hug these fellow believers, Lord, in the flesh and not just comment on a screen. And Lord, what, what a blessing it is. Blessed be the ties that bind our hearts in Christian love. Be with us, I pray, and let us enjoy our fellowship together as we're about to have our, our dinner on the grounds here after our service is over. And I pray, dear Lord God, that you'll uh, give everyone a safe trip home until we meet again, Father Lord, back in Texas. Or as my old friend used to say, I'll see you here, there, or in the air.